0: okay uh it is your host of the so called fantasy experts fantasy uh football pu- football podcast Travis Pastor coming to you live uh after some major technical difficulties before we uh were able to get on air. I don't know if you heard the intro music twice. Um hopefully you didn't, but it's a really good song. So if you you know hopefully you enjoyed it. Um we're gonna try to get Joe Bond on here in a minute because we need a guest. He's our guest. We've, uh, we've arranged this, but the problems like, again, are really uh, killing us. Um, but tonight should be pretty interesting. And uh, we got some injuries to talk about. Uh, unfortunately that's, uh, the run of ACL injuries. Um, which nobody likes to see. And, of course, preseason games are over. Well, they're not totally over. we still got, I think, the, the vaunted game three is this weekend. There's no more games on cable. I work in a cable industry. My mind's a little frazzled with where games are being played. But the more important thing is two weeks from Thursday, the 27th, and we are uh and we're playing regular football, real football um okay, uh sorry, we're trying to get Joe on here, hopefully he can get in um in a minute or two, and then everything should be hunky dory. Okay, so Joe's trying to log in, and we should be fine. While he is uh, trying to get in, I'll tell you what I've been up to. Um, I've been, you know, doing some draft prep, like all you have. Um, one of my best friends is a girl, and she is in an all-girls fantasy football league. Um, now, none of them, none of them, have been. None of the girls in the league have really been well trained in fantasy sports. So she asked me to put together a flow chart. Uh that stuff you'd think would be a lot easier than it is, but it's pretty hard. Um pretty hard to predict oh, I don't know, like hundred and twenty picks. And that's only in around ten. In um, in a twelve-team draft, um, because really things go weird, things go haywire. Uh, you never know. Like Andrew Luck may fall to round four, um, and that could really screw things up. But my flowchart is done. It has been sent over. My work is done. It is just just a lot more stressful trying to tell somebody who to pick their entire draft without actually being there to adjust on the fly. Um, Last year, I did it too, but it was a much much more bare bones sort of flow chart. This one, I got to say, I did all 16 rounds, and it's something I probably don't want to do again. It is very, very hard. Um, So, yeah. But enough about me. Uh, I believe Joe has called in. He finally got through the uh, blockade. Joe, did you make it?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah, I was trying to use Skype when you told me that the phones were having issues, but apparently my computer is having issues tonight, which only seems to be a problem when I call into your show for some weird reason. Um,
0: I I swear to God... Every time I try to get on, like, it's, it's time for a podcast, something's going wrong. Like, the, the Internet's out or the the music won't start. The call, it. it's just, it's a curse. I think I have a curse, but um, I'm glad you made it.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I went to go restart my computer because it was just doing absolutely nothing, and it is still shutting down, which is very bizarre for it. Um, uh, I have no idea what happened, happened. so whatever, we'll move on.
0: <laughs> well, um, I finally got through on Skype, but it just kept making a, like, every three seconds there was, like, an emergency beep, like, I can't, oh, weird. there's no way I could, I could talk for an hour with this just constantly ringing in my ears, I'd go insane. Um, but anyway, Joe, I'm glad uh, you finally made it, it's been a long time since we've talked. Uh, yeah, it has been, actually. I know, I used to have you on, like, every other week. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's
0: probably been a month and a half. So, uh, I hope the fans still remember you. But if not, why don't you give them a sh- or, or shout out all your info and uh, you know what you're doing here at so called fantasyexperts.com dot com.
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at fantasy six pack, um, and might have to change that soon because I'm actually taken over as content manager of. Uh, over here at um, So Called Fantasy Experts, helping out, helping out, joining the the team a little more, giving a little more back to to Dave and Doug here, um, along with yourself, by the way. Uh, congrats on the, the social media gig! Uh, that's exciting news, man.
0: Yeah, it's been uh been pretty interesting. Uh, which I was talking about is I am the new social media manager for So Called Fantasy Experts dot com. And my first order of business, Joe, for you is I don't think you have to get rid of your other Twitter handle. You probably should just get another one. Um it gets confusing. I currently have five Twitters going at oh one. Oh my
1: gosh. I don't know if I could deal with that. <laughs> uh
0: it gets a lot. I get a lot of notifications worth content like you have somebody retweeted you and I have to flip through all of them to see see like what got retweeted and by who and for who. Um and I have to make sure I'm on the right Twitter when I go to tweet something. Because that would, you know, I have a personal Twitter, at the Real Travioli where you can follow me. I don't want to be tweeting out stuff at the so-called fantasy experts Twitter that I tweet out on my own. It takes a bit of uh, deft handling, but I think I've, I've managed so far. But yeah, I appreciate the congrats and uh, congratulations to yourself as well. You've been pretty on top of it. you got me to sign up for a weekly post, so I look forward to writing. yeah, about it. I'm
1: hoping it's filling up slowly. need to get uh need to get a few more a few more people to sign up. you know we're always looking for for dedicated writers, so if any of the listeners are uh are interested in in giving this fantasy football writing a try, uh we are looking for dedicated writers who would love to get some exposure into the world of fantasy sports. Uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. You meet a lot of cool people. That is for sure. And uh, Dave and Doug can definitely hook you up. Um, he's he's uh, to where he may not be able to pay you quite yet because we're not there yet. We're still young. Uh, we can definitely you know if if you, if you show enough promise, he can hook you up with the right people if the opportunities present themselves, which he has already done to quite a few people. So
0: yeah, they're 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 good bosses. And hey, bonus. You could come on this podcast, so yeah, that's that, that's probably why uh, you want to become a fantasy writer. Just besides going to weddings and telling people you're a fantasy sports writer and just being mobbed and like never having that awkward I don't know anybody feeling, coming on this podcast is a, a nice perk. Um, oh
1: yeah, there's there's always somebody to talk to, and when you don't know anybody, it's hey, I uh I, I write for I write about fantasy sports. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what
0: do you do? I'm a fantasy sports writer. Oh really? Okay. Uh 'cause I don't know. Should I start Reuben Randall yeah, no or, kidding. <laughs> uh, or Brashad Perriman? Um but we should probably actually start talking about fantasy and relevant stuff because it's draft season, some injuries have been happening, some terrible, terribly sad injuries have been happening. Poor Jordy. I, I've been
1: I've been hit by all three, by the way, within the, within two teams.
0: Okay, both I know, of I'm them. Think,
1: both of I'm them are of, my so-called fantasy experts team.
0: I'm thinking of Kelvin and Jordy. Which which one am I forgetting? Who's the third? Foster. Oh oh wow, that happened so long ago. I was like, yes, it did. I was like Orlando Scandrick. That really hurt <laughs> you. You picked the Dallas defense. Um. Yeah. All right. So before we get into talk about the injury, since you did um. Did bring up the drafting. It's draft season. I don't know if you're still doing any. I'm pretty much done. Did you have a favorite? I got a couple know, more. You got a couple more. Do you have a preferred draft slot to uh, um, pick out of? Are you do you like picking in the one two three hole or like the ten through twelve? I mean,
1: a, this year, like it's so it's so up in the air. I don't think it really matters a whole lot. Um, you know, I think in years past, you've always kind of wanted to be, be in the. the you would love to have been in the top three, four every year, and then this year, it's kind of whatever. Um,
0: yeah, I totally agree with that.
1: Um, uh, you know, I, I don't even mind being in the back. You know, getting getting the the ten twelve spot. Um, it doesn't it doesn't bother me this year. There's there's just so much. There's so many people that can be first round picks that you get that 10, 11, 12 spot. You're going to come right back around and you're going to get basically two first round picks because there's so many guys that are are worth it in that area. And I've been in, you know, I've done a ton of mock drafts and there's always somebody that slips by that you're like, oh, well, thank you. Um, you know, yeah. I, I've seen drafts where Antonio Brown falls at like number eight, which is just craziness to me in PPR leagues. You know, like yeah. um, why are you falling this far? You know, I've had I've had leagues where Gronk is falling to me in the middle of the second round, and I think that's that's just a gift at that point. Um, so I, I think this year you really can just draft anywhere. You just have to, you you know it it's said all the time where you can't go into a draft with an absolute plan because it, especially this year, it is such a crapshoot.
0: No, no two drafts are the same. Yeah. And I think you made a good point about the top four being so up in the air where in past years it was like, okay, you take Adrian Peterson and then you take guy two and then it's kind of, oh, the third pick is the first person who really has to make a choice. This year, the first guy has to make a choice. Um, I mean, obviously, if Le'Veon Bell probably wasn't suspended, he'd be number one most of the time. But he is. So do you take him? Do you take Adrian Peterson, who is a monster when he plays, but he hasn't played in a year? Do you take Eddie Lacy because Jordy Nelson's out, so he may run the ball more? Or do you take uh, Jamal Charles, who feels like a safe option here and could be amazing, it's like... I don't know. I want no part of the first four picks. Um, It's just that's too much, you know, too stressful for me. Uh, I just want, I kind of want to take advantage of who falls. Like you said, with uh, Antonio Brown or, you know, Gronk in the top of the second round, like this draft isn't incredibly, I mean, there aren't really good guys at the top of the draft, but you you hear this a lot with like NBA drafts or the actual NFL drafts. They say it's not really it's not an incredibly top heavy draft. It's a deep draft. So in those first two rounds, like there's 15 people I'd be happy coming away with after two rounds. Um, Like I really like Jeremy Hill as a late second round running back. I'm sure everybody likes Jeremy Hill as a late second round running back. Yeah. I, I've would. Seen,
1: I haven't seen him I, go that late before, but yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: I've seen Demarius Thomas go top of the second round. It's like, if he's your second pick, That's a pretty good deal. Um, Julio Jones, I've seen slide a few times, like there's just so much talent at that front of the draft that it's kind of hard to go wrong with it, but I'd prefer to double up at the end of the draft. And I said this last week with uh, Matt, but I'd prefer to double up last at, at the end, get two really good guys and sort of see how everything else, uh, unfolds from there. Um, and now my second question for you that I ask everybody, if you're the first pick this year, who are you taking?
1: Well, in in standard leagues, I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson. I think he's just proven it time and time again that he is going to get the job done. He's in a lead back. I think that offense has is pretty improved this year over last year, especially with him, him there. So you don't have to worry about defenses totally keying in on him, which wasn't really much of a problem in years past. But now they won't have to because you have to worry about Bridgewater, who is a serviceable quarterback, more than a serviceable quarterback, in my opinion. And, you know, Charles Johnson is there and Mike Wallace is there and Kyle Rudolph Oh, no, did I drop you?
0: Nope, you're still here. No, nope. I, I heard
1: I heard a beep. I'm sorry, I thought I dropped. But um, if uh, you know, if Kyle Rudolph can ever stay healthy long enough and and put it together, he he's a a viable threat. And then you've got the, uh, in my opinion, the wild card with Cordero Patterson. If you know, if he can show even remotely, you know, what he showed his rookie year, um, that offense is going to be pretty nasty. And uh, Adrian Peterson can benefit from that, I think, and he should be the number one back in, in standard leagues. Now in PPR leagues, I'm gonna go out there and, and I'm gonna probably take Bell with the number one pick. Um I think it I think it comes down between him and Antonio Brown in my opinion, actually. Uh they were just so elite um last year, especially down the stretch. I think I heard a stat and I forget where um, that Antonio Brown has never scored less than 11 fantasy points in a PPR league since like his rookie year or something like that.
0: Well, so he has that's, that, that's pretty incredible. He has that streak of five catches. and 60, Yeah. So it's 11 points. He has that incredibly long streak of five catches and 60 yards in like every game he's played in a standard PPR. That's, 11 points, five for the catches, six for the yards. Um, yeah. That's a good stat. That's better than my stat that I brought up last week with uh, Des Bryant, who I think they threw, Dallas threw the ball to him 21 times in the red zone, and 15 of them he came down with a touchdown. So
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Des Bryant is definitely one of the elite wide receivers this year, too. Uh, it's painful that it is for me to admit that because I'm a Redskins fan. He is definitely a legit a legit option out there, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not gonna take him number one, but I do like uh, I do like Brown just because of the consistency you get. I think with that first pick, you know you may not get the overall number one player at the end of the year, but you want to get that consistency.
0: Yeah, um, I have a hard time admitting Des Bryant is good too because I'm a Giants fan. I even ranked yeah. like him. Like in the, in a few of my running back situation over there, man. But what the Giants don't. Yeah. Does anybody know who's going to
1: start there? be the, the awesome to know.
0: Oh, God, I swear. The only thing I wanted to happen in this year's draft was for the Giants to take Amir Abdullah. And then they didn't. Obviously they traded up because we have no safeties. So it work, might work out. But God, like even in the season last in the college season, I'm like, oh man, he'd be a great giant. Nope we couldn't get that lucky two years in a row. I think it'll probably be Rashad Jennings. will get most of the touches unless we're losing by a lot, which might happen a lot. And then they might switch in Vereen because he can actually catch as opposed to Andre Williams. Our other backup. Rashad Jennings
1: can catch, man. He did pretty well last year until he got hurt.
0: Well, yeah, Rashad Jennings can catch, but I think they brought Vereen in to be a third down guy. Simply, Yeah, you too. Give him a break,
1: give him a breather.
0: He, he's so dynamic. Jennings got hurt last year. And William and Andre Williams looks like he was never ever taught how to catch football in his life. So it's good like depth, but there's no like real it doesn't seem like there's a real plan on how they tend to implement them. But I don't know. I've been picking Rashad Jennings ahead of Reem in most leagues. I just think he'll get more touches. What do you think?
1: But yeah, I, I actually agree with that. It's the way I've got it ranked right now. But none of them are really all that high to me just because I think it's going to be a pretty split backfield. And between three guys like that, that makes it even worse.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I don't think we'll be seeing too much Andre Williams this year. But, um, yeah. So what I was saying about Dez Bryant, though, was I ranked him on a few of my things, like in my just mental draft boards, like slightly ahead of Odell Beckham which I'm pretty sure is a sin as a Giants fan. Uh, but, oh, God, does Bryant's just a monster. So is Odell, so that's I can live with that. But the, I don't think the Giants are going to be that good this year, so I have less faith in their offense. Um, what about your Redskins? Besides Alfred Morris, uh, where's the fantasy value coming from?
1: I, that's a good question. Um possibly nowhere. Um, I actually kind of think I like Matt Jones better than everybody else right now. We talked about this on my podcast on Monday. Um, I mean, the quarterback situation, the offensive line situation is so bad that you, you just can't rely on the receivers at this point. Um, You know, for a while there, I kind of thought that the maybe Pierre Garcon moving to moving back to the X receiver would, would be in, in line for a, a better season, maybe not what we saw in in 2012, but you know maybe we could see what we saw in you know in his you know later indie days. You know the you way know, I mean that that 2012 season where he caught it. Yeah,
0: you know, it was he like was, a he, he
1: like led the league in receptions and targets and everything else. It was crazy. Um, I don't think we're gonna get that. To get that ever again with RG three and Kirk Cousins and Cole McCoy there. That's just not reasonable to expect. Deshaun Jackson's kind of boomer bust. You know, he's he's going to have those big, big, big weeks where he scores twenty some points, and then he's going to have plenty of weeks where he scores three. and I just I had them last year and I hated owning them because I like consistency. I don't like having to play. I don't like having to play daily fantasy football with my season-long team. Um, I want guys who I can just rely on week in and week out and get the job done, um, and not have to think too hard about it. You know, I did enough scouting during the preseason that that's what I want to do. So I don't know. I mean, but I, I kind of like I kind of like Matt Jones. He's looked good this preseason. And I know it's his preseason, but you know the the rookies are some of the guys that I really do pay attention to. Uh, he has gotten some run with the first unit, and he's looked pretty good. So I think he could be a, a sneaky play. I don't know if he's ever going to really overtake Alfred Morris, but you know he could be a sneaky play, especially in PPR. I think he's going to get in there in some third down situations and pa- in a lot of passing situations.
0: Yeah, I actually, I'm pretty sure I read about Matt Jones, and I was in. I did a bunch of rookie previews, like back in July, late June, and that was one of the things I really enjoyed about writing. It was looking through the draft, seeing like, oh, the Redskins got Matt Jones in round three or four. Like this could be an interesting guy. Um, there's a guy in Arizona, something Johnson. I can't remember his first David name. Johnson. David, David Johnson the same sort of thing. Like these were really talented guys in college. They didn't have the best situations. Their numbers didn't look great. But the NFL, um, you know, sometimes you just need the talented guys to, uh, you need the talent of a player and it sort of shines in the NFL where it didn't shine in college. So I really like Matt Jones uh, and a lot of my late round drafts, I've been taking him because um, he's kind of a physical specimen, and it's impressive to watch him play. But uh, with Deshaun Jackson, I think there's really only two weeks I would ever guarantee play him. That's against the Eagles because he hates them, and I really like that he hates the Eagles, so that's fun for me. But uh, yeah, your Redskins, our teams aren't looking too great this year. I can say that.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know yeah we're we're gonna be we're gonna be fighting for last place I think <laughs> it's gonna be pretty bad i don't know i, w- I would I would put more stock i would put more money on on you all doing better than the Redskins at this point.
0: Well, have you seen our secondary there is no, no i
1: know I know the defense is pretty banged up, and that you know that is one of the things that Redskins did at least try and improve at least up front. But I just don't know if it's gonna matter. I mean, our secondary is pretty bad too. It always has you know, it has been for the last few years. Um, you know, when you've got D'Angelo Hall as your best corner, it's not a very good secondary. Hey, um, do
0: not badmouth D'Angelo Hall. I met him once when he was at uh, Virginia Tech. So I've saw. Did him you fun. really? Yeah, he came to my uh, hotel room to meet me and my brother because my brother wrote him a note, and my brother was like ten. This is like back in two thousand and three. You literally came to my hotel what? room, like talk. Why to were
1: him. you at Virginia Tech?
0: Well, we were, I don't know if you my, realize,
1: you know, I went there for college. You know,
0: we weren't. We were Virginia Tech was playing Virginia that that weekend. It was like by Thanksgiving, uh, so your your team was in Virginia, and my aunt is a professor at Virginia, so we were seeing them for Thanksgiving. My brother was a Virginia Tech fan. It's like I got to write, and they were staying in our hotel. That's what it was. That's why we. That's why we ran into them. Like, how did oh, that's come- cool, though. Yeah, so I have a soft spot for him, but he's not very good. Uh, he's not the best of corners anymore. No, no. So. He, he's definitely
1: got a lot of holes in his in his game right now. So it's a shame because I mean, you know, I can't badmouth my hokies too much, but he's
0: he was great. He's definitely struggling. Yeah. Well, that's enough nostalgia about how crappy our teams can be. Um, We haven't had any catastrophic injuries on our actual teams. Your fantasy teams seem to be catastrophically injured. With uh, Jordy Nelson going down, or Kelvin Benjamin went first, Jordy Nelson, and then Arian Foster a long time ago. Um, Of the three, who did you find it was easiest to find a backup for? I know, and I like obviously Jordy and Arian Foster are higher talent level talents than the other guys, or than Kelvin. It was easier to find a running back or receiver, sort of on that waiver wire after the the draft had happened. I guess.
1: Um, And I apologize. I missed the very beginning of that question that you asked because my phone keeps beeping at me for some weird
0: reason. So I kind of maybe that was the beep I had.
1: But basically,
0: (laughs) basically, you lost two receivers and a running back. The draft is over. There's not a lot on the waiver wire. Did you find it was easier to fill to find a, a running back you liked? or a receiver you liked to to pick up and obviously not give you all of their production, but somebody you had more, like you have some hope for.
1: Yeah. You know, honestly, I haven't been able to look yet because waivers for some reason are not open in either one of these leagues yet. I don't know why. So I just <laughs> close the browser and shut it off. Um, I need to get, I need to get the, uh, so-called fantasy expert commissioners over here to uh, get them opened up. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say I will be able to find some receivers a lot easier than I will running backs. I mean, running backs at the very end of the... the, You know, even toward the middle rounds was just bleak, to say the least. Um, I'm not exactly... Um thrilled at what is available at running back past around like five at, at this point. it's just not good, but you know with with some guys you know i'm looking i'm looking at one of the free agent lists now you know you've got you know you've you've got Reggie Wayne um, which could be an an interesting. Pick up at this point. I don't know how much I'm going to rely on that, but desperation maybe him. Cottry is out there. Um, you know, I've got some kind of you know, as yeah, guys, guys like Brian Hartline. Although I don't think he's going to do much of anything. I mean, there's there's some half decent names out there, but nothing that I'm super excited about by any means. But well. You know, as far as running backs go, I know that there's going to be absolute junk out there. I mean, the best guys, I mean, I'm looking like Trent Richardson, and I want absolutely no part of Trent Richardson. Oh, my God. So, so no, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the receiver is a much – it's just a deeper position. There's just more guys. And I I, I think, you know, you can at least go out there and grab a couple wide receiver threes on the team and and hope that they – they somehow break out and you know can get some targets for you. You know, I I think I'm just gonna have to hope that my my middle round guys that were my wide receiver threes kind of maximize their potential here this year. But I'm not I'm really not counting on either one of these teams doing much of anything with the with the losses that I I, I took.
0: Yeah, those are those are pretty tough it's kind of strange because usually when we're on a podcast together, it's me talking about how many players on my fantasy baseball teams are hurt. Uh, I recently lost Billy Hamilton and Carlos Carrasco. So it's just a cursed season, but it's kind of, it's kind of nice being on the other side of it. Like my teams are still intact. Um,
1: (laughs) So yeah, it was Uh, Foster hit me in one league, the two days after I drafted him and then Kelvin Benjamin, I drafted him at like 1030 at night and I wake up and I'm at work and I hear Kelvin Benjamin was carted off the field. And I went, what? (laughs) I mean, it was, I'm like, I just drafted him.
0: Hearing somebody get carted off the field is like the worst thing anybody could say about. Oh yeah. And non-contact
1: injury too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's
0: done. Oh God, it's the worst. Uh, our our fellow writer Chris Myers just had um, a a tweet. Um, where I guess he was in a park. Or I don't know exactly where he was, but he saw a dad who was chasing his kid just collapse um, playing in the, the field or something. He's like non-contact injury for dad. Uh, I fear it's an ACL. Or what me oh. say? Just saw a dad crumple in a heap with no contact while chasing his kids. <laughs> Likely an ACL. Oh man! I posted. Hashtag preseason. <laughs> I laughed <left> so hard. <laughs> it was great. But I, I think it's kind of interesting that every year there are four or five guys who go down with ACLs, um, and it sucks. And I was trying to think if it's anything similar to the the Tommy John in in baseball. Um, I don't think there's as many injuries. I couldn't really find a good listing of everybody who's had ACLs, but um, there's always a couple of guys who just get knocked out before the season starts, and I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if maybe just they haven't played in a while, their legs aren't used to it, but doesn't it seem like there's always at least there's always somebody in the preseason? It's like, oh man, I can't believe you got knocked out already.
1: Yeah, but. I mean, I think it's just a brutal game. You know, it's tough on the body. I mean, I don't know. There's, uh... I mean, hey, yeah. I was playing rec soccer, you know, a few years ago, and tore my Achilles. Just, I, I, the goalie rolled the ball out to me. I got it turned and popped. I mean, it's it's just it's a freak thing that can happen. I mean, I wasn't even playing you know, a 10th of the, the intensity of these guys go at. So that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a freak injury, you know, and that's what you risk when you go out here and play these kind of sports.
0: I guess so. Uh, i luckily have never ruptured or torn any of that stuff. So I hopefully fingers crossed never <laughs> do. Uh, but so Benjamin, Jordy, both hurt. Um, no one's gonna fill in exactly for their production. Do you see, like, how how high would you take Randall Cobb now, as he's the the number one guy in Green Bay kind of thing? Would you put him in? Uh, I think I think Randall
1: becomes easily a top ten receiver. I had him. I think I had him just outside the top ten uh, last week, and then as soon as Nelson got hurt, I bumped him up to nine um, below Adele Beckham for me. And, and, um, yeah, I think that would probably put him somewhere in the, in the range of the second round, um, most likely, especially in PPR leagues. And in PPR leagues, he was going pretty high anyway, I think. Um, but I, I think now he's definitely going to be a second rounder. Um, with with honestly quite honestly he could be wide receiver one uh first round upside at this point you know who, I don't I don't know I I just don't know if he's a physical enough receiver to be the number one guy all season long um he kind of disappears at times but and I think he kind of fed off of Nelson being there So we'll we'll have to see how well Devontae Adams steps in and plays because if he can't take any coverage away, then Cobb's going to struggle, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Jordy's ability to get downfield really opened up some of that underneath stuff um, Mm -hmm. for Cobb. And a lot of his touchdowns, I know I said about Des Bryant before, the red zone thing. Uh, Randall Cobb was on that list. He converted about half, I think, into touchdowns, which is pretty good. Um, But a lot of his stuff um, was in the red zone, so you're not going to get the huge deep plays that uh, we saw with Jordy Nelson going down the sideline. But I still think he's a a really good good pick. Um, I'm looking at ESPN right now, and they have him ranked ahead of Calvin Johnson which, I mean, Calvin Johnson is a huge name, but I don't – I'm not sure I'd put him ahead of Calvin, which they have – I don't on. know if I can do that quite
1: yet. I mean, I'm at a little high on Calvin Johnson having a bounce-back season, um, and maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of think that you you still saw Calvin Johnson being the superstar Calvin Johnson last year when he was healthy. It's just a matter of him being healthy. Uh, I mean he I don't remember the exact stat now, but he had he had quite a few games in the twenty point range considering he only played well, a hundred percent played in you know what, eight games last year. He was either a decoy or hurt you know, completely out in the others. So he, I think he had like three or four games in the, in the twenty point range, and he had a couple others in, in double digits. I mean, that's still upper echelon receiver, and the guy's just a specimen. I mean, he's he's massive. People can't take him down still.
0: And if right he does, yeah. if he
1: can get over the the leg and the knee injuries, then he's he's gonna be top five again. I have no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now. Uh he had week 1, 7 catches, 164 yards, two touchdowns. Uh then he was pretty hindered basically until week 10. He had 7 for 113 and a touchdown. Week 13, 11 for 146 and two touchdowns and week 14, 8 for 158 and a touchdown. Like and yeah. he, he he was, he was definitely below 100% um, the whole season. So, I I think people are definitely right
1: there. I mean, look at what he did even when he was not fully healthy.
0: I mean, get this guy
1: fully healthy, and he's going to dominate again. I have no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm so used to taking him, like, fifth overall. Oh, yeah. Like, he's the first receiver, and now it's kind of weird seeing him in the second round. But... He uh he should be an interesting case study. I think Golden Tate on the other side should be uh interesting to see how that offense sort of develops since Tate killed it when Calvin Johnson was out all those games. Um and he still did pretty well when Calvin came back, but I just don't know if there'll be enough uh passes to go around for Golden Tate to have those sort of numbers. Um Uh, Golden Tate. I think I'd stay away from Golden Tate this year. Yeah, like...
1: I'm not too high on him because yeah, you did see it like when when Calvin was there and Calvin was 100%. He was not performing all that great. uh he, His value was definitely tied to those weeks that Calvin was out, and you know he was just really the only receiver threat they had and. You know, when when if Calvin really is going to be healthy this year and play, then I think Tate's going to suffer. You know, will I take him as my wide receiver three? Absolutely. I mean, it's a good enough offense that I think Tate will get his here and there. And he's good enough for that wide receiver three. But I'm not going to take him in wide receiver two like I think a lot of people are doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just pulled up – I'm just on the ESPN rankings for PPR. And they have H- – Golden Tate – one spot behind Jarvis Landry, and I'd much prefer Jarvis Landry um, to Tate in actually pretty much any uh, type of draft. So, mm-hmm. Golden Tate, not for me this year. I am high on his running back mate, Amir Abdul. Like I said before, he would be a great giant. He would look great in blue. He does <laughs> wear blue. Well, he isn't He's blue. blue. Just the wrong He's blue, just not, right? Just not my blue. <laughs> um And I think that's a nice sort of transition to my next point or question really is where, what are your feelings on these, the three rookie running backs? I know when the draft actually happened, like the NFL draft, it was Gurley and Gordon, but now through the preseason and Abdul doing Barry Sanders impressions, he sort of vaulted into the, you know, the top 20 running back conversation. Um, What do you, what do you think? Let's, let's slow down with the Amir Abdullah, uh
1: Barry Sanders impression here, but uh do not I d I don't I don't think we need to go quite that that high there. I mean Todd, Todd Bowles is uh is going a little crazy with, with that I think. But no, he I mean he he looks good. You just don't know what to think because we have not seen a healthy joint bell yet out there. So we don't quite know what the Lions are going to do. I think every expert out there thinks that Abdullah is going to eventually take over Drake Bell. I mean, Drake Bell had, what, a 3.9-yard per carry last year. It was pretty bad for a running back that was considered a a top option, mainly because he was one of the only options for that team. Um, but, you know, Abdullah's, Abdullah's looks good you know i think everybody thinks he'll he'll take over eventually but i think it's going to be a little ways into the season before we see that happen and so if you do take him you're going to have to have patience with him and stash him until he takes that role because when it happens i think we're going to see something pretty special out of him
0: yeah and he was definitely um overshadowed in college by why can't I think of his name? Melvin Gordon, since they played in the same um, conference. Yeah. But he's he's a pretty talented dude. Um, I've seen him get, you know, he's been sort of sucked up in the hype machine. So he's been going earlier than where I could draft him or where I feel comfortable drafting him. Um, But I don't know, man. That PPR value of him coming out of the backfield and at the screen, catching screen passes, uh, it it looks really appealing to me. I'm not really sold on the other two guys, Melvin Gordon and Gurley, just because, well, Gurley, I'm not sure. Some people say he's starting week one and he's completely healthy. Some people say he could still make two to three weeks. And even if he comes back, he won't be 100%. Gordon yeah, he's been gonna I think in a redraft
1: league, I'm not going to touch Gurley this year. He, it's too risky. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, he came off pretty devastating knee injury. You know, that's that's just something I don't want to deal with, uh, especially for a rookie. He he, you know, he didn't really get a camp. He didn't get a preseason. He might not even start the season. He's going to be really far behind. And I know the coaches are boasting him up and saying that he's he's going to be fine. He's a smart guy. He's learned. That, you know, the coaches are saying all the right things. But that's just Coach Speak in my opinion. I'm ignoring him. Um now in Dynasty Leagues I'd be all over him. I think he I think he is and has proven, you know, with his college resume that he is an elite talent and should absolutely be drafted in dynasty leagues and stashed for the whole year. Um now, I I like Melvin Gordon. I think he's in a good spot. I mean, everybody's kind of worried about Brandon Oliver and Danny Woodhead. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. What have they actually done? I mean, Brandon Oliver had like what, two good games last year and then after that he was complete junk. But Danny Woodhead is a is a, you know, third down passing back, passing down back, you know, kind of a gimmicky player. Um, I mean, Melvin Gordon's going to be the main option there. Um, and th- San Diego, when given, you know, when a good running back is back there, when Ryan Matthews was healthy, had good seasons. So they have the capability of producing good running backs there. Um, They just tend to not have any because they're either hurt or, you know, their actual good one is hurt. And so they're stuck with Danny Woodhead. so I, I kinda like I like Gordon. I think he can I think he can do do a good job. I think the thing that's really gonna hurt him is the pass protection. So I think he's gonna get taken out right now in a lot of passing situations and that's gonna hinder his his value big time.
0: Yeah. I think Brandon Oliver has no no claim to uh knock Gordon out of out of touches. Um the thing that I'm A worried about if I'm drafting Gordon, but B. Um happy if I'm draft- drafting Woodhead is that Woodhead a pass catcher and a good blocker. So that's good in PPR league. And when he was healthy two years ago, they used him a lot in the red zone um, on quick option routes to get isolated against receivers or not receivers, linebackers in the middle of the field because they didn't have great receivers on the outside. This is with Keenan Allen, but without Gates for those first four games, I I, I see Danny Woodhead getting a lot of um, a lot of options to score some you know cheapy touchdowns pretty close in. Um, yeah, that might be the time to sell him though. After that, I mean, I did
1: I had him two years ago, so I know what you're talking about. He had a great like first half, and then. Somebody, I think I think I actually did end up trading him that year. Um, I I got a, I got a tight end out of him because I think all like I owned three tight ends and they all got hurt, so I was like desperate for something. But I ended up getting a tight end out of it. And I think that guy ended up getting hurt too, and I was just like whatever. Uh, but Danny Woodhead <laughs> did like absolutely nothing after I traded him, so I wasn't too sad about it. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 might be a a good a good thing to do is, is take Woodhead, take advantage of the the time without Antonio Gates, and then you know trade him at a, at his highest value. See see what you can get for him. Hopefully he you know he blows up the first four the first four weeks, and and you can get a valuable player for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, um, I've always liked Andy Woodhead as a sneaky PPR guy, just because you know, yeah. he catches. Four four passes for you know fifty yards, nine points. That can you know can really swing a week. Um, I don't know. I, you've made some good points for Gordon. I just don't think I, I'm going to touch him. I mean, um,
1: if, you know, if he's fallen to me, I mean, the thing with him is that there's very little, there's very few running backs out there that are going to be considered the bell cow back for a team and if he's going to be the the first and second down guy for the chargers who you know i think we all think have a pretty good offense um then he that's better than a lot of running backs nowadays so i i'd be happy to take him over you know Honestly, you know, I would much rather have him than Abdullah, which we just don't know, or any of the Giants running backs. We just don't (laughs) know with them. You know, they're splitting time between three guys there, kind of like what everybody thinks is happening in San Diego, but I just kind of don't see them really splitting it like they will in New York. Uh, New York's got three guys. Well, at least two of those guys can absolutely run the ball well. Um, with, with Williams and Jennings. And then Vareen obviously, is your pass-catching third down back, um, but can also run the ball himself. But with San Diego, like, none of those guys are really good running backs except for Gordon. So that's that's kind of where I come from on that. You know, I'm not I'm not ranking in top 10, not, you know, maybe just outside of top 15. So that puts him in, you know, third, third, fourth round for me, for running backs. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out there. I think early on in the in the preseason, before the game started and everything, I think his ADP was up there in like second round range, and it was kind of crazy. I'm like, you all have fun, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't going there with him.
0: Yeah, I think now I'm just sort of thinking about my thought process. if I was planning out, you know, the running backs I'd want. I don't think I'd put Gordon in that. Like the guys I target. But if I if I probably ended up with him as my second running back, I'd be – I think you've talked about it. Yeah, if, I, get, if, being if happy I got one
1: it. really solid receiver or two really solid receivers and a solid running back and he ended up doing my running back too, I'd be okay with that.
0: Yeah, I could live with it. Because some of those – now I'm thinking about – the running backs that are at that end of like 15 through 20, 25, it's not a ton I'm really super thrilled with.
1: Um they're all got question marks. You know, you find Andre Ellington there who I also like in PPR leagues, but you know, you mentioned David Johnson who we keep hearing is is gonna steal a lot of time away from Ellington, but I don't know. I like Ellington a lot. He was a top twenty back and he missed six games last year or something like that, four and a half, maybe. Yeah, you know, that's that's hard to do.
0: Yeah, and he came into the season. People thought he was going to miss the first six to eight weeks, and then he played in week three or something like that with like, a hip injury. So, if he can stay healthy, which you know has sort of been a question mark, I'd. Right. It. Yeah,
1: he's a smaller guy, so that's hard. That's hard at that position.
0: And then, I mean, you have guys like Gio Bernard or Jonathan Stewart. It's like, what exactly? Stewart has health concerns. Bernard, who knows how mm-hmm. they're going to use him with with. Uh, Hill there, the running back thing gets pretty pretty murky pretty quickly. Um, it really
1: does, which is exactly why when you asked me who could I replace better, or replace more, <laughs> even though I hadn't looked at it, I knew it was a running back or wide receiver just because there's nothing, nothing good for running back. I mean, I feel like I feel like every year there's always. You know, one or two guys that, you know, you'd like later in the drafts or in the double-digit rounds, there's just not that guy this year that I really – I pick them, you know, and I'm just like, well, eh, he'll probably be dropped in a couple weeks. <laughs> like I, just, I have no confidence that these guys are going to stick around on my team, but I need a couple depth guys for running back at that point in the draft in, in case my guys go down, which in my case they are going down. So <laughs> I'm having to use these you know, quote unquote scrubs that I'm yeah. that I'm drafting in rounds ten and twelve, which is a shame.
0: The uh the one really deep guy that I can't I can't decide if I'm really intrigued by him and maybe take him as my like second to last pick before a kicker, or if it's just stupid of me is Reggie Bush on um, the forty ers Uh you know there's always those injury problems and all that stuff. But if, he can get, if they run some spread out with Kaepernick and Reggie Bush, I think they can turn into a few points. Um, yeah, I don't but know what line. to think about him. Does he stay on the field for five games? Does he even play? Like They haven't really given any indication that Bush is going to get a lot of touches. And they're trying to make uh, Carlos Hyde into this Frank Gore 2.0. So, yeah, I'm not... For Bush? I... Yeah.
1: I'm really kind of just staying away from the 49ers in general, um, if I can. But with with Reggie Bush, I don't really know what to think about him. Like you said, they're they're talking high up like he's you know Frank Gore, the Second Coming of Frank Gore, which is insane to me, and they're not really saying how they're going to use Bush. I mean, Bush has had moments and stretches in prior seasons where he's been top-notch fantasy player. I had him two or three years ago when he first got to Detroit, and he was awesome. And then he got hurt, and it was just like, okay, went out to the George Bell Show. Um, and, yeah, I think his I think his only value is going to be in PPR leagues. And you're going to use him only if you're in a serious hole for bi-weeks or you get real hurt by the injury bug. Other than that, I really don't see you using him at all. And he'll probably be added and dropped in every fantasy league about 10 times.
0: Yeah. People are going to um, see. I think he might have a few flash plays. Uh in like the first couple of weeks, people might see like, "Oh, um, Reggie Bush is back." Because, like you said, that the first year he was in uh, Detroit, like he came out flying. Like in the first six games, yeah. I think he was like he'd he rush for eight, like eighty, ninety yards, and he'd catch five passes for another sixty yards and a touchdown. And it was it looked like USC all over again. Uh, and then he got hurt, and then he was kind of in and out of the lineup through the rest of his time there. And then, you know, last year just wasn't good when now he's on San Francisco and kind of an afterthought. Um, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, if, and, and... They, if they put him into some of those zone reads or, or sort of let him play, like just get out in space, somehow get him out in space, I think it could be nice. If you're in a really deep league, maybe take a flyer on him. Um or, if you're just reaching for somebody at the end of the draft who has some upside, I think I'd rather take a risk on Reggie Bush than uh like uh, a Fred Jackson or a d'Angelo Williams so. but I, I yeah,
1: yeah, well, maybe not DAngelo Williams. I kind of think D'Angelo Williams is gonna be absolutely nothing but you know after the first two weeks, clearly, but I think. I think yeah, I, I would much rather have Fred Jackson if he could get healthy, and over over Reggie Bush. But you know, the one thing you've got to say about Reggie Bush is he is one injury away from being the guy. Yeah. And we don't know how. We don't know really much about Hyde. I mean, he didn't he didn't play much last year. He uh, when he did, I mean, he when he did, he was pretty good. I mean, I think he had a five. Five yards per carry average last year, so I mean that's nothing to sneeze at. But that's—I don't think we are going to carry that over to a full season. Um, but can he handle the full workload? You know, that's the one thing you have got to look at with Bush. Is is the guy ahead of him? Is he going to stay upright the whole year? We just don't know with Hyde.
0: Yeah, and San Francisco did lose two of its five like sterling offensive linemen and. Anthony Davis and Ayupati. Um, Davis sort of retired, and Ayupati's on Arizona now. So, that, that 49ers team has gone downhill quickly, and I think I'd I agree with you, I'll probably be staying away. I like, go. I'm a sucker for Anquan Bolden. I just think he's a pretty steady yeah, guy. Yeah,
1: he's sneaky, sneaky play in PPR leagues. I was looking at had stats last night, because I, I was asked a question about him, and I looked, and I was just like, huh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a Decent play, and I look at his stats. I'm like, wow! I forgot just how good Anquan Bolden was last year. He was like the 15th ranked running back or wide receiver in in PPR league. That's yeah, he crazy. doesn't
0: get, he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns, which I think, or any more at least. And that no. makes people think, um, you know, he he's not that great. But 83 catches, 1062 yards last year. That's a pretty a pretty solid season. and He played every week, so. Yeah. You gotta see
1: how what happens to him with Tory Smith in town, but I don't think I don't think Tory Smith is gonna have a very good of a season in the forty nineers offense. that doesn't really like to pass the ball or go deep with the ball in general. So to this? that was kind of Tory Smith's thing.
0: Yeah, but I mean they don't they don't have a lot going on for them offensively. So no. I think Bolden should uh get some nice nice uh PPR stats and it's a pretty solid end of the the draft kind of guy. Um, but I mean, that pretty much covered everything I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get a nice deep dive into running backs, which we did because, like, uh, trying to figure out what to do if if I don't get a, if you don't get a third running back by round you know five or six or something, you're looking at a, a very murky landscape. So hopefully, yes, yes, you are. Hopefully, all you listeners out there, a get your running backs early. B if you don't hopefully we're giving you some tips. Um if any of you draft Reggie Bush, definitely tweet at me at the real Travioli. We can keep we can keep track of who's right or wrong about this. If it turns out great. Like if he has if week one he turns out and kills it, I'm gonna be the biggest Reggie Bush supporter on earth. So look out for that. <laughs> but um yeah, Joe's has been fun. I look forward to having you back on.
1: Um Yeah definitely man, I'm I miss getting on here. Yeah, with the yeah. move and everything, it was hard for me to jump on. So now things are starting to settle down for me. So uh, hopefully I can get on here a little more. And I think I'm moving. Uh, I'm moving my my podcast over to the so-called fancy expert uh, family network channel. Channel here, I guess is what you can call it. So starting in two weeks, I'll be on here on on Tuesdays. So we'll have to uh, to do that.
0: Yes, I will gladly return the favor. It's kind of nice being on the other side of the controls every once in a while.
1: Um,
0: yeah, it, is. it is. It's kind of nice not having to figure out why the music isn't playing or or how come, of the, <laughs> how come, the, how come I can't dial into my own podcast. But, um, oh, also listeners, if you have any good names for what we should call this podcast, uh, let me know because the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast is a mouthful. Let's shorten that down a bit. Um, If you guys have any questions, tweet at me, tweet at Joe, tweet at so-called fantasy experts. We'll help you out. Draft season, we're in the middle of it. Regular season starts in almost two weeks, so better get, you know, if you haven't drafted, kind of nice actually because you get to avoid all these injuries, but you better, you know, get those wheels turned and make sure you get do your research. We will be here for – For all of us so-called fantasy experts, thank you for tuning in. Joe, I'll talk to you soon. And uh, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Sorry for the problems at the beginning. Um, We'll talk to you later. Have a good night, everyone. See you.